Human design is constantly, it's fluid. It is not a fixed system because it can constantly adjust. We're always refining those aspects of ourselves to be more and more in alignment with what feels the best for us and like us vibrating at our highest frequency. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Today's episode is essentially a masterclass in human design. On the podcast today, I am joined by my friend and colleague, Stacey Gissel. And Stacey is a human design specialist and the owner of the company Evolve Beyond Limits. Evolve Beyond Limits is on a mission to help people build strong and harmonious relationships through the use of human design. Stacey has dedicated her life to understanding what it takes to create sacred relationships. She uses the knowledge she's collected in her years of study, plus her personal experience to guide others in creating unbreakable bonds within themselves and the people around them. She understands the frustration and challenges that can arise within our relationships and utilizes human design plus practical tools, exercises, and mindset shifts to empower others to move past frustration and take meaningful action that will lead to total transformation. Today, she is diving deep with us on the basics of human design. And what I love about Stacy's approach is that she's not just about helping you understand yourself and what is going on within your own design, but in the context of a coaching relationship, she teaches us how to understand and leverage the design of our clients as well to make sure that they are getting the most out of our coach and client relationship. You guys are going to want to take notes on this episode because she is dropping so much gold about how to understand yourself and the people that you engage with inside of your business. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I am so good. I'm so excited to be here. We were just joking about how I've like had to have a makeshift podcast room here in this co-working space as we travel, but it, we made it happen. So it's good. I love it. I love that you're here. I love that you travel with your own mic. It's definitely the mark of an entrepreneur when you know that you have to have a mic with you at all times. So I think this is awesome. I'm so excited you're here today, and I'm really excited for this conversation. You guys, I just had Stacy come and talk to my mastermind momentum all about human design. And it was such a hit that other people in my world got jealous and they were reaching out to me and they were like, I want to talk to Stacy too. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? We got to bring her on the podcast. And I gotta, I'm got i so excited that we're here to talk about this today because as you know, being the expert, human design is like a crazy rabbit hole of information, but it is so incredibly interesting and so much depth to go into. So I'm really excited that you're here to talk about it today. For people who have no background with this and are like, Emily, already, what are you talking about? I don't understand it. Can you just give us the high-level overview? What the heck is human design and why should we care about it? Yeah, I would love to. And it is. It is a rabbit hole. And so we're going to try to keep this as basic, but also like profound as we possibly can. So for those of you who are listening, who are unfamiliar with human design, human design is, I essentially like to say it's like your divine blueprint. It's a blueprint. It's a of who you were born to be. So it combines a bunch of different types of things, a lot of ancient wisdom. So it combines like I Ching, astrology, the chakra system, the Kabbalistic tree, like all these different and quantum physics and all these different things to give you this blueprint based on like where you were born, the time you were born and the day that you were born how you're how you're meant to live and why this is important is because i like to say that human design it's like everybody in the world is like a unique puzzle piece 
And we need every single puzzle piece to really function and work together. And so that's kind of what human design is. It's helping you understand your unique puzzle piece. And then we also can break down like who who is it that you were born to be? And then what stories or conditioning have you collected along the way that's getting in the way of you living in alignment with who you were born to be? And how do we bring you back to that? Because when we have the whole puzzle and each person knows why they're here, knows what they're what they're designed to do, knows how they're supposed to work, then we can create this really beautiful picture for all of humanity that's going to allow us to keep moving forward. And so that's kind of a little bit about what human design is. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so interesting. I'm so excited for us to dive in. I have to say that when I first found human design, and I'm trying to think back to when that actually was, it was years ago. I remember I was I was at the studio I used to personal train at. I remember I was listening to a podcast, something just like this. So I'm so excited that we get to give this gift to somebody else too. But I was like, what the heck are they talking about? I think the the realm that they were talking about it in was like sleeping next to your significant other and paying attention to what their human design is and whether or not you're going to feel energized or drained because of your energy, like your human design types. And I I dove in there because I was like, this needs to make sense to me. But as I started to dive into it, I was like, this is the most validated I have ever felt by any type of test that tells me what type of whatever I am, right? (laughs) So I can't wait for all the aha moments that are kind of come from this. And I think maybe that's the best place for us to dive in here is, okay, so what are those different types? When you get your human design, first off, how do you get it if somebody wants to figure out what they are? What does that look like? So what does it spit out to you when you put in your information? And then what's the overview? Like what are those, I believe, five different types? Perfect. Yeah, let's start there. And I do want to just mention before we get we get going, because you sparked something that I think is so important. And, you know, a lot of people say, ask me, like, what is the difference between human design and some of the other personality tests, some of these other things? And here's the thing. It's not a fixed system. I think with personality tests, at least with me and maybe Emily, you can say is me, if I were to take a personality test today compared to who I was five years ago, it would be a completely different result, right? Yeah. And we're we're basing the answers based on who we think we are, right? Like who we, like the personalities, the masks that we have developed, that's what we're putting onto paper. So of course it sounds just like you because you answered it, right? Yeah. Like, and so this is something that I really like to be like, because I, I hate things that put people into boxes because my company is literally called Evolve Beyond Limits. I believe mm-hmm. that we can like continue, like we're meant to continuously evolve and change. And a lot of times what happens is we, we learn something about ourselves and then we're like, that's just who I am. And this is what I really love about human design is that, yes, there's aspects of it that you can, it, it helps you learn who you are, but If you're looking at your human design chart, you're going to see white space and you're going to see colored in space. And all the colored in space is like what you're radiating out into the world. It's kind of like where you're the most consistent. But even within that, there is a high vibration that you can be radiating at and like like what you are giving permission to in the world can be things that are empowering people and they're moving us forward as individuals, as uh, humanity, as the collective, whatever. But then there's also, there's always another side. And the other side is like this low vibration or like the low vibe aspect that I like to say, that's actually very destructive to both yourself and the people around you. So you need to understand both sides of it and understand that like we're going to fall into the low vibe things, but it's part of our duty as, you know, become like evolving and being the best versions of ourselves to pull ourselves out of that. Right. And then you have all of this white space, all of this quote unquote, like empty space in your chart. And that is where we learn from other people. That is where we actually can fill that space with whatever we want to fill it with. And so this is where a lot of times we actually hold our our most destructive stories because the ego would rather fill white space with something rather than leave it empty. So it's we hold a lot of our stories in this white space, but you have to think about the white space in your chart like a bucket. 
and you get to fill it with whatever you want. So those stories that are in there that are not serving you, like maybe you're afraid of success, maybe you're fearful of failure, maybe somebody's told you that you're stupid and you've believed that, (laughs) whatever it is, it's like once you recognize it's there, you can take it and pull it, take it out of the bucket and fill it with something different. And so my point to this is that human design is constantly, it's fluid. It is not a fixed system because it can constantly adjust. We're always refining those aspects of ourselves to be more and more in alignment with what feels the best for us and like us vibrating at our highest frequency. Yeah. Oh, I like the way that you just went into that and all of the depth there. And I think that's what I liked about human design so much initially is you're right. It wasn't like somebody was just reading off my personality traits to me. It was more so like, here's the range of your expression. And the deeper I went into it, the deeper I was like, this is still feels true. And it's giving me language and, you know, just a better framework to understand who I am. And things that I thought were just quirky traits about me, it was like, oh, no, this is actually a blueprint of your design. So, okay, for people who are like, wait, you're getting too far ahead of me. How does somebody even figure out their design? What's the information they need to know? Yes. So you can go right to my website, which is evolvebeyondlimits.com. And all all you have to fill out is your, your birth date, your birth time. Now, birth time can be very important. I would recommend that you either one, text your mom if you don't know it, because moms almost (laughs) always know. If that's not an option, look at your birth certificate. And if that also is not an option, then reach out to me (laughs) because we're just probably going to have to like play with some times and see how much it changes. But birth date, birth time, and then city and state you were born. That's really all you need to be able to pull up your chart. And then you're going to pull that up. And you're going to see, you're going to see this chart. It's going to every, most people's are going to look very, very different from one another. You're going to see that, that colored in space, that white space. And then you're going to see there's like foundational pieces of your human design that you really need to understand before you start to go down the rabbit hole. I see a lot of people cherry pick their way through human design and it's a mistake. So it's going to start with your human design type. And you're going to be one of the five types. You're going to be a manifesting generator, a generator, a projector, a manifester, or a reflector. And it's going to be the first thing that's listed on your chart. And that's going to kind of be the foundational piece of your human design is understanding your human design type. Yes. I feel like even knowing that just gives you so many answers and so many like, oh, this is so interesting. So we both, I believe, are manifesting generators, correct? Mm -hmm. Why don't we start with them and work our way through the list of just some a quick overview of what these different types are? Yeah, absolutely. So manifesting generators are there's a couple of men. I could go on and on about each one, (laughs) so I'm not going to. All right. I'm going to be really distinct here. So (laughs) manifesting generators, they every design has every design type has a purpose. It has a reason that you're here. So for manifesting generators, we are here to find work that we love to do and like share that with humanity and really empower movements with like-minded people. So a lot of the magic with a manifesting generator comes from their throat center. So one of the more profound manifesting generators that I like to, I think that he embodies this is Martin Luther King Jr. So He was somebody who utilized his voice to empower a movement in like-minded people. So manifesting generators are, they're very powerful beings. From the outside looking in, they almost appear superhuman, which can be a blessing and a curse because people do not check in on them. Everybody just assumes the manifesting generators in their life are fine. And that can leave a manifesting generator. One of the biggest issues that I see with them is they they have developed this kind of a, they are independent individuals, but they've almost, they now wear their independence like a suit of armor. Yep. That tracks. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so manifesting. And so like, I always joke with manifesting generators. I'm like, nobody's coming to save you. So if you need help, you're going to have to ask for it because it is like, nobody's coming to save you because they, people from the outside in are like, 
I don't know how they do it all. Like any manifesting generator I've ever talked to, people have said that to you. Like, I don't know how you do all the things that you do. So that can be like a dangerous game with the manifesting generator. But it's like they have such big work to do in this world and they know it that it's very hard to slow them down. Like they've got to have this almost like superhuman energy to keep rolling. And we do a lot of things at once, correct? Like that is a big part of who we are. Yeah. So manifesting generators are the only type that are designed to be multi-passionate. Yeah. And so this can actually get a lot of, especially if we're talking to people in business, this can get really dicey because a lot of times what I see is that while we can be multi-passionate and you run a business and you know this, you can't be focused on 50 different things at once and expect them to to grow. And so this is something that I see so many manifesting generators get in trouble with is like, well, I love this and I love this. And then as a business owner, you think that everything you do has to make money. Like you're not allowed to just have a hobby or something that you care about that doesn't make, that's just like a creative outlet. Right. And so it's, it's about kind of managing, uh, managing that because manifesting generators in general are like naturally very unfocused. (laughs) They're just, they, they're like, they're like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Right. (laughs) And so learning how to like, you need people around you that help you to focus that energy or you're just kind of like planting a bunch of seeds, but you're never allowing them to actually grow into everything because you're just flicking from thing to thing, to thing, to thing. And so, yeah, just being really cautious about that as a Manny Jen. That's, yep, that all tracks. I'm like, yep, that is me. It's really easy for me to get off track and like building structures in to avoid that has been so helpful. But let's move to our close friends, generators. And what's the difference between them and us? Yes. So generators are very similar to manifesting generators. They have a little bit of a, they're a little different. So generators are... They're here to find work that they love to do and share it with humanity as well. But they're like they're like the workhorses of the world. Like they love they're the best collaborators and team players on the planet. Like they will always be their most successful when they are working in a collaboration, in a partnership, like in something like that. They thrive off of the energy of others. So while manifesting generators are like, they're naturally very empowering beings, like just being in the room with one, you kind of want to get more done. Like it's just something that they have. Generators need to get in the room with other people. And something that I'm seeing is that there's so many solopreneurs and they are working from home by themselves. They're not collaborating. They have nobody to bounce ideas off of. And this is actually really destructive to a generator. So like, even just getting out in a coffee shop, like going to a co-working space, like doing something that gets you in the energy of other people, having an accountability group of some sort, like it's it's really, really powerful for, for generators. That's so interesting for me to just reflect on in my spaces because as I pay more and more attention and ask my clients what their human design is and learn more about this, I can pinpoint the, the generators in my masterminds thrive. Like they love tapping into the community. They get other people excited about working. Like they just feel so lit up in that type of collaborative environment, which I feel completely tracks with what you're saying about generators. Yeah. And you'll notice that manifesting generators, they pull back a little. Mm. They're, they're much more independent and they actually need, they need time to like in like alone time to really hone in and do their thing. And when people interrupt them, it's very, it's very stressful. So like you'll see that dynamic between generators and manifesting generators. And when like we're talking about business, but man, when I see this in relationships, like between my husband and I, it's, it creates a lot of tension. Cause I'm like, please leave me alone. And he's like, yeah. be with me. Like <laughs> That is so funny. I do feel that too, though. Like when I'm working on something, I have to like blinders are up. I shut everything else out because I know if somebody interjects, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. 
it's going to be or gone ADHD. Like mm-hmm. uh, manifesting generators, almost everyone I talk to believes that they have ADD or ADHD of some sort. And I'm like, no, you're just a Manny Gen. <laughs> like, I would be so interested to see data though of like actual ADHD diagnoses and see how many of them or what portion of the population also is manifesting generators. That would be interesting. My little 100%. business school statistics year and a half that I had to take once to see that data. <laughs> I would love to also. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So who's next? Should we do manifestors? Yeah. Okay. So manifestors, I love manifestors are one of the more rare types. So they are, they only make up about 8% of the population. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so manifestors are, they're very, very powerful beings. And they're really here to initiate action on things and like get things moving forward and like keep things moving forward. So Mm. they're naturally, you see a lot of manifestors in leadership positions because they're like, they, they're the ones that can like, like we have to, and we didn't talk a lot about this and Again, we only have so much time, right? right? But as manifesting generators and generators, you have to wait for like ideas and different things to come to you. You wait for your opportunities to come to you. Mm. Manifestors, they get to go take action on whatever they want to take action on. I used to work for a manifester and I'm like, this makes sense. You know, Chris Harder, he's a very, he's a manifester and a classic one. (laughs) He's a visionary. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what they are. And it's it's really and here's the thing with manifestors is that they are very powerful, but manifesting generators and generators were very like we're very welcoming. Like we like want like people want to be in your energy. Mm. Manifestors, on the other hand, they're naturally have a very repelling aura about them. And so they're not super welcoming. And so Anybody, if you have insecurity issues, you are going to feel so dominated by a manifester and you're not even going to know energetically why that is like they're they can be some of the most charming, amazing people on the planet, but they're also like very intense. And 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 that's just like energetically that that's that's you can't even really pinpoint it. Oh, that is so interesting. Yeah. Tell me more. Oh, I'm like, that is exactly how he is. Like, if you know Chris Harder, if anyone is listening and you follow him or you're aware of him, like, that's that's him to a T in that he's so charming. He's lovely. But if you are feeling insecure, like that energy, and like you're saying, it really is just the energy. It's not the personality. It's just the energy behind it almost will make you feel like you want to shrink, like you're not rising to the energy that they're over there at. And I'm just thinking about all the manifestors I know now. I'm like, that that does track. They can almost be a little intimidating. Yeah. And, and it's funny because, and I'm actually, I'm surrounded by them. Like, and Mm. I have so many manifestors in my life and it's just really pretty fascinating to see their, the way that they work. And one of the biggest issues that manifestors have is their communication. Like I genuinely believe that like manifestors are, and this is a total Staceyism, but it's like, I think they were, they, they're here to learn how to communicate. Like most Mm. of them are terrible communicators. (laughs) Like they just are, they're not good at it because they get to just do whatever they want. They were really like, they're born super independent. Like they're like the kid that could be like, I want to go spend three days in the woods. And like, they'd probably be fine. Like, they're just like, they're, they're these very independent, like big personalities, big auras. I'm taking that all in. That all tracks. It's almost like they're just such powerhouses that it's just, they make it happen. But I feel like a piece of them, or at least this is what I took in working for a manifestor is like, they can't be the one to do the work. Like they can't do the details. So they don't, tell people things because they don't want people to tell them no and they don't want Mm. people to get in their way. And so one of the biggest issues I see with manifestors is that there's all these people around them. And this goes into what you're saying. There's all these people around them that actually want to help them get to where they're going, but they won't stop the train long enough to let anyone else get on because Mm. they're like just too much on their path. But just like what you're saying is that they're meant to initiate. They're meant to make sure it it keeps moving forward, but they are not there to do the work. Like we go back to the workhorses. They have generators and manifesting generators around them 
that are like that they can hand it off to and say, run with this. Yep. And that is like, that's the ideal situation for a manifester. And it worked really well for our team once we got the flow going. We kept him out of the details. Everything was better. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to say, you guys, for you listening, everyone who's listening, if you work with people, which I'm assuming is the majority of you listening, especially if you are coaches, I hope that you are taking notes because it's important not only to know who you are, and Stacy and I were talking about this a little bit before we turned the mics on, but it's also so important to know the people who you're working with so that you can have harmonious relationships and make sure that everyone is thriving. So I just want to throw that in there as we keep going through these human designs here, that even if we're talking about one that's not you, you still want to know the basics so that you can have just better relationships overall, not only with the people in your life, but also with your clientele, the people that you work with. So Let's keep going. We did manifestors. We've got two more. Who do you want to do next? We'll do projectors. We'll save reflectors for for last. Projectors are, they're about 21% of the population-ish. I love projectors. They are, they're like the wise guides of the world. I do too. They're so wise. (laughs) They're so wise. Okay. And I honestly think they have one of the more difficult types to work with because they're, they're meant to live in almost complete opposition of what they've been taught. And so, so going back to the fact that they're, they're these wise guides, they have this way of seeing the world. They see the world from like 30,000 feet. Mm. They see everything from this very high perspective and it's very clear to them where the problem is on the way down. Like they are not in the weeds of it. So if you go to a projector with an issue and you ask them for their input, they can almost pinpoint immediately where the problem is for you. And you're like, how do you even see that? But you're so in the weeds of it that you just can't. And this is their superpower. They also, they're very, so they learn through observation. Hmm. So us as generators and like most other people, let's just say, like we have to do something to really learn how to do it. Sure. Projectors, they can observe. Like I have a friend who is a projector and they always want to go last whenever we're trying something new because they watch what everyone else does and doesn't do. And they learn from that before they even attempt it. And this is like, Projectors learn through observation. And so since they were little kids, they've always been much more interested in what other people are doing than themselves. Mm-hmm. And so this is really interesting because projectors tend to be, I don't want this to sound like bad because it's its not necessarily, it's just like they're not very self-aware <laughs> because <laughs> they See, like they can tell everybody else what their problem is, but they can't see it in themselves. Like they're in, they're almost their entire being is a blind spot for them. That is so funny. I'm like, I'm thinking of one of my good friends who is a projector and I'm like 1000%. She's my favorite person to go to, to brainstorm with because she always has the answers so fast and has these amazing ideas and puts it together beautifully when I come to her. And she's so aware of like everyone else's little things that are coming up for them and aware of it. But then sometimes I'm like, she just misses stuff about herself. And I'm like, how are those at the same time? You're so aware of everything but then missed this piece. And so I'm kind of just laughing because I'm like, yes, again, it is tracking with the people in my life. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so good to know this because like, I mean, I have a sister who's a projector and quite honestly, until I understood her design and still I understood this about her, I was like, like our relationship completely changed. And I was able to see her in such a different light because of simply knowing this. So here's the thing for projectors that often they tend to be some of the most bitter people on the planet and very resentful. And it, but, but it's because it's because they're not living in alignment with who they're meant to be. They're trying to be generators. They're trying to be manifesting generators. They're trying to fit in. They're trying to work as hard and as long as we do. And this is the thing about, and then they also And this is a big reason, I believe, is that projectors have all of this wisdom. And again, they have all the answers for everybody else. But unless they are asked for it, they can't 
share it. Well, they can, but nobody's yeah. going to hear it or people are going to hear it and be like, you're dumb and just kind of keep walking. And like that, think about how disempowering that would be as a kid. And then to continue to solidify that story that like, I have all these answers and no one hears me. Oof. Yeah. No one's listening. So frustrating. Yeah. And so projectors grow up and they're just bitter and they're like, then they don't care about anybody or anything because they're like, no one listens anyways. So why like, and it's just like, they have a really hard time seeing the world through that lens. And so just know this about your, the projectors in your life. I always say like, ask them for input because they will have something profound to say. But if your projector in your life tries to give you input and you didn't ask for it, you're not, they're wasting their time and energy and you're not going to hear it and you're missing out on gold, but it's like, it's just the way that they're designed. Man, everybody go find the projectors in your life and ask them for advice. <laughs> like, yes. I feel bad for the projectors. Well, I know. And I'm like, this isn't a pity party for projectors. Yeah. Like they, you know, they obviously, but it is really interesting. And you'll notice that they, they also thrive off of recognition. Mm. And so I was working with a mom and her daughter and the mom was a generator and the daughter was a projector. And I was like, listen, you need to recognize her for what she's doing. And for generators or manifesting generators, this is a foreign concept to us. We're like, why? Like, just do what you're supposed to do. Like, what do you need a cookie for it? Like, why do you need that? Right. And this is why it's so important to understand all of your relationships is because she thrives off of recognition. And she was like, I was like, just try it, try it for like two weeks and see what happens. And she did. And she came back to me and she was like, our relationship has completely shifted because wow. like, I'm finally like, I'm, I'm recognizing her and projectors thrive off of recognition. That's so interesting, but good to know. And it's why we really, it's why this stuff is so helpful. Okay. We got one more reflectors. Last one. Let's do reflectors. it. Reflectors. Yeah. So reflectors only make up about 1% of the population. They're very rare and they are, they're literally like mirrors. So if you open up somebody's chart and none of their centers are, have any color in them. They're all undefined. You are working with a reflector. And I actually know way more reflector kids than I do adults. And I have a feeling, and this is again, another Staceyism that we haven't been ready for them because mm -hmm. what a reflector does is it reflects the, their environment back to the people around them. So if a reflector is happy and they're healthy, that you know that you're in like a really, they're in a good environment, like a happy and healthy environment. If they aren't that, if they are like feeling really disempowered or they're anxious all the time or this or that, that their environment is that and they're reflecting that. And so to be in a relationship with a reflector, you better be ready to look at yourself. Oof. Big time. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so they're very adaptable. They're almost like chameleons. Like they're very... They're amazing little humans. I actually have a couple of nieces who are reflectors and they see the world through the lens of we are all connected. We are all meant to be together. They see people for, for what is possible. And so because of that, they're often disappointed by people because they're mm -hmm. like, I know what you're capable of. Why are we like, like, why are you acting like this? And so an example, we took our niece to a baseball game in downtown Detroit and she could not for the life of her understand why there's homeless people. Why are there people yeah. who have homes and there's ones that don't? Why is this even a thing? And this is like the essence of a reflector. They're oftentimes like humanitarians of some sort because they like they're here to bring the world back together. And when they see that separation, it's like very destructive for them. Wow. That's really beautiful. It makes sense now knowing that they're, I think you said less than 1% of the population, but I don't know anything about reflectors and I know quite a bit about the other types, but it's it, it's probably because I haven't met a lot of them, but that's beautiful. And I love the Staceyisms that maybe the world wasn't ready for them just yet. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's a lot more kids and I'm like, I just feel like we aren't, 
nobody was willing to really see themselves through that light until recently. There's definitely been a shift in consciousness when it comes to self-observation and reflection and all of that. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. So we just made our, our way through the five different types and already there's so much information in there. And if you guys have looked at your chart though, you will know that this is just scratching the surface. There's so much more and so much depth that we can go into with this. I want to shift the conversation a little bit or apply this, I should say, to understanding how to use this a little bit more. We already started to open this conversation, but inside of our coaching businesses and the dynamics that we have with our clients and what are some of the things that we should start to be aware of as we build our businesses and as we find things that work, you even started to say something to me before we got on and I would love to dive in there around just because it worked for you doesn't mean it's going to work for your clients the same way. How are some of the ways you start to see that show up in people's businesses and what can we do to make sure that we are teaching people in a way that's actually best for them? Yeah. So this is such a great question. And I was telling Emily that like my zone of genius is I, I love to work in the dynamics of relationships. So whether that be a significant other, families, business partners, teams, your coaching and your clients, like we, it's just not enough for us to know only ourselves. We do mm. not go through life alone. And so it's a great start. I always say there's like, we have to start there. You have to start by really getting to know yourself and in business. And I, when I was on your mastermind, we talked about how to find your zone of genius, utilizing your human design. And this is a big piece because in your business, you need to understand what makes you so great. And one of the most disheartening things in this work that I get to do is people come to me and they can tell me all the things that are wrong with them, but they very rarely can tell me what makes them so great. Yeah. And so, first of all, we can use human design to do that. We can use human design to help you understand what makes you so amazing and how to find your zone of genius. And when you're in your zone of genius in your business, there is no more comparison. There is no more competition because it doesn't matter if you're doing the exact same thing as the person next to you. The way in which you do it, it's going to be completely different and you no longer feel like you have to fight for space. Like it's just like you do this significantly different than this person. And you, when you can own that and you can honor that, you're going to start to be just so much more in alignment and people can feel that integrity. They can feel that authenticity just like, like oozing out of you. <laughs> yes. I love the way you describe that. And I have such a similar perspective that I'm like, oh yes, amen. Like say it louder because this is exactly what I teach from a marketing perspective as well. And I think a lot of it comes down to these types of things at the root where I'm like, you're never going to be in competition with the person next to you if you are truly teaching things your way. And so much of our way does come down to who we are and how we move through this world and the life experience we've gained and all these different things. And so it's exciting to see it and hear it echoed in this way of, yeah, when you're in alignment with your human design and really with who you are at your core, there is no competition because you are one of one. So yeah, a hundred percent. So and I think that there, I mean, there's so many other ways that we can utilize human design. So when you're looking at, you know, you might look at your chart and you will see that you'll see that, you know, your type, you're one of the five types, and then you're going to see your profile mm. and it's going to be a series of two numbers. There's going to be like a one slash three or a six slash two or whatever it is. And this is, this piece to me is you have to understand <laughs> your type and you need to understand the foundational pieces of how to live according to your type and your strategy. Because if you don't, this won't really matter. You're still going to be out of whack. But your profile is such a cool thing because it teaches you like your life path. It shows you how you were meant to learn, how you interact in relationships. Like, And so I thought it'd be kind of fun with the last few minutes that we have that we can go through some of the different profile lines and how this looks in your business and how you can utilize that to kind of like get a better understanding of who you're attracting or how you're attracting. 
Yeah, I would love that. I've always heard that mine is rare as a 2-5. Is that true? Because I've internalized that. Ben likes yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it is true because when I was looking up your chart and all the charts of the the women in your mastermind, I was like, oh, a 2-5. Like, I actually don't see that combination very yeah. often. So it is. It's very cool. So okay. let's break them down a little bit. So I want to say, too, that there's no one number is not better than the other number. There's not one that's more important than the other. It's just that the one that is first is the one that is more conscious. You're going to notice this one a little bit more. It has the driver's seat probably a little bit more (laughs) than the second one. The second one, you might recognize it in yourself, but it's not really until it's pointed out that you, you start to kind of see it a little bit more. So there's one through six. So ones, ones are like they use information to learn. Okay. They love to know everything there is to know about the stuff that they are interested in. They love to be the go-to person when it comes to a certain thing. And they love to research. Like research to me is, it's not something that I love. Ones love, <laughs> they they love research. They want to know every, like, they want to fully understand things, okay? This is my boyfriend to a T. I'm instantly like, I need to find out his birth time so I can figure out his human design just to validate that because he reads research papers every single day and I'm always like, you're insane. That's so yeah. boring. But he's probably yes. a one. <laughs> He probably is. And this is the thing is you got to let ones be ones because my husband is also a one. And the amount of time he spends researching things, I'm like, and this is just like a dynamic thing. That's kind of fun. I'm a six. So for me, it's all about experience. And so I'm going to buy something. I'm going to see if it works. If it doesn't, I'm going to send it back. And I probably won't. I probably would have just wasted my money. He is going to spend hours researching and finding the exact one that he, you know, and like all these things, and then he's going to get it. And more than likely it's going to be great. But if it's not, Oh, like they, their whole world crumbles because they're like, I spent so much time and energy. This was supposed to be the best one. So just kind of a funny thing, but ones they, if you're coaching a one or if you are a one, it's really important to know that ones need to know the why behind what they're doing. Hmm. Again, as a six, you don't have to tell me. I'm so coachable. Like, you don't have to even tell me why. I'm just going to go try it and see what happens. Ones do not work like this. Like, they need to understand why they are doing that action step, what this is going to do for them. Okay? Okay. So ones, this this is important. And they also really don't like the unknown. Ones do not like the unknown known. They like for things to be, that's why they research. They research because they think they can outrun the unknown, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but you can't out-research that. So that's just something that's really important for ones to realize about themselves is that they, they don't love change. And so they kind of need to be pushed into change and to getting uncomfortable because it's not their natural, their natural tendency. But again, so attracting clients, you use information to learn. And so a lot of it is like you're going to give a lot of information out. Like you're going to give a lot of like how to's and like this is this is what you need to know because it's like you that's just so natural for you. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. So then we have twos. Twos are all about embodiment. So twos are all about like learning how to live it. Hmm. They don't want to just learn it. They need to learn how to live it. And they need to learn how, like what is getting in their way. And so this is about like, they do a lot of shadow work. They do a lot of like looking deep within themselves. But the other thing about twos is that they're like, they're the natural because like they have superpowers that they don't think are superpowers because they it's so natural for them that they assume everybody else has it. Mm. And so the problem that I often see with twos is that even if they can feel like they have a gift, they might feel like they have a gift, they can't pinpoint it and they also can't articulate it. 
Yeah. Like they really struggle. And so I always say with twos, pay attention to what people are saying to you. Pay attention when people say, oh my God, you are so good at this. Or the way that you do this is like amazing. Don't take those things lightly because that they are helping you to articulate the gift. As a two, that very much tracks. I feel like I've come to understand my business just by asking people and being like, why was this so helpful to you? <laughs> and having it reflected back. <laughs> yes, because you truly don't see it because it's so it, you're it's embodied in you. It is, it's just who you are. Mm. And so it's really hard to say, like, well, doesn't it's just easy to be like, doesn't everybody have that? Like right. can't everybody do it that way? And you're like, no, they they really can't. And so if you're working with a two or you are a two, like I always tell people, do the superpower exercise, like ask the people, ask three to five people what your superpower is and like let them tell you what you're so great at. And if you're coaching a two, understand like for a two, the most difficult thing on the planet is when people are like, create your, like my husband, he's an EOS implementer and he's like, okay, you need to talk about what makes you unique. That's like a two's worst nightmare. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> and so it's like, help them. Like they, the twos in your life, please help them. Like tell them what makes them so great because they truly don't see it. <laughs> please, you guys, like help us out. <laughs> so then threes, threes are all about, they use experience. They use experience to build and like wisdom and resilience in their life. And so the threes, they're the trial and error people. And again, this is tough in the world that we live in because we're kind of taught you need to find something and you need to stick with it. Right. If you are a three, that is so far out of alignment for you. Like you are going to feel trapped in what you're doing and you're going to know that you want to try something different, but you're going to feel like you can't. And so threes are all about trial and error. They need to be really embraced for their desire to try new things. And every time they try something, they're getting either closer. They're, no matter what, they're getting closer to what they're meant to be doing because they're either learning what they want or they're learning what they don't want. And there is no failure for a three. So it's always, mm. it's simply, what did I learn from that? Oh, interesting. That's yeah. Cool. What'd you learn from that experience? Yeah. And that makes them feel empowered to keep going. And so threes, you also need to know this about yourselves or the people around you. Threes are, they need to be challenged in everything that they're doing. So they, because of their trial and error nature, they get really bored really fast if they're not being challenged with new things. So I always joke that like my husband's a three and I'm like, if he wasn't married to me, he'd be so bored because like I just don't let him stand still. Like I can't I like I'm like, let's grow. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he like it drives him crazy. However, <laughs> he would get so bored if he was with somebody else or threes really love like CrossFit because you can't like you can't be great at it. There's always something There's always to get better at, mm -hmm. you know, so that's kind of yeah. how threes threes work. But the thing about threes, and again, coming back to like how to use this, your experience is where your wisdom comes from. And so threes, oftentimes people are like, you know what, I'm going to go ask this person, this three, if they've done this, because more than likely they have. And because they've tried so many things, they know from experience, like, what works? What doesn't work? Like, yeah. and they're just constantly learning through that, through that realm. So that's threes. Fours. So fours use their relationships to develop and grow. Fours are all about relationships. Their connections and their relationships are the most important thing in their life. So for fours, building communities Having like having communities that are built is going to be really, really powerful, going to creating different networks, being in different networking groups. Like it's all about your relationships and how many people you kind of can get around. 
Do they like bring people together or are they just they find their own communities and network that way? Both. Both. Okay. So they can do they can do both because with a four, all of your opportunities will come from within your network. It will come from within mm. your your group or community. And so a lot of times, like if a four is in a community or in an environment that is not giving them new opportunities, that's not bringing them or recognizing them for what they have to offer, then they're in the wrong community. They need to find a different network. So I see this a lot of times with people in jobs, like they are they're not being recognized and they're not being offered promotions or this or that. And it's because like, they're not in the right space. Right. And so just kind of knowing that fours are also, but they're, they're also collectors of people. And so they have to be careful (laughs) because (laughs) they are naturally, because their relationships are so important to them, they become almost too attached and they start like, they start trying to prove themselves because they've become insecure in that relationship and they they tend to become overgivers and they have a hard time letting people go when the energy exchange isn't there any longer. Oh, that's good to know about yourself if you're a four. Yeah. I could see that being 100% fast. Yep. <laughs> it really is. And so just knowing that like you have just as much to offer You don't have to, like, it's okay to let people come and go. You can't keep everybody. (laughs) Like, it just would be too much. (laughs) So that's kind of a little bit about fours. Fives are, they are leaders. And they are leaders and they honestly have to build courage within themselves to allow themselves to be, like, a big leader. Because fives are, it's really important to understand this as a coach, okay? If you are a five or if if you're coaching a five, I have to be very careful when I'm coaching a five because we are, fives are always being projected upon. What that means is that they act as a mirror for the people around them, okay? So, yeah, so this is really important. So, and that projection can be good or bad. So people don't usually see fives for who they are. They see fives for who they want them to be. Wow. As a five, I'm really reflecting on this <laughs> because I always say to my clients, I always say, I'm just a mirror for you. And so to hear you say that, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Is there something deeper there? You genuine, you are a mirror for them. And some, and here's the thing is that fives, your reputation is almost always on the line because fives, a lot of times are meant to kind of like manifestors. They're meant to start things, but they might not be, they might not be meant to finish them. Mm-hmm. And if they stay, fives tend to be very loyal. And the problem is if they stay in something too long, whether that be a relationship, a career, a business engagement, a business in general, whatever, if they stay in it too long, they know they should have left. They know that it's not in alignment for them any longer. The next thing you know, they will become the scapegoat of whatever that is. So if it's a relationship, you will become the bad guy. You will become the person who's doing everything wrong and you guys will end up breaking up anyways, but it will be all your fault, even if it wasn't. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this explains so much. <laughs> I can feel like the pain, right? Like, and yeah. so, and this is tough for fives because I had a friend, a really good friend. She's a business owner and she had a person in her life that was saying awful things about her. And she was like, Stacy, I don't even understand where they are getting this because it is so false. It is so false. And I'm like, that it's your five. It's a piece of them that they don't want to see in themselves. And so they've got to find somebody to put it on and they're putting it on you. And this is the thing about being a five. And this is why it takes so much courage. It's How do you stand and be yourself and allow yourself to be seen when everyone is projecting on you? 
Yeah. Wow. I'm thinking back to like I had a tough work relationship once years ago and it was just like me just being myself around this person was so triggering to them and I couldn't figure out why. And it was exactly like you're saying in your example where it was like something about me just being me, even if I was being the nicest version of me that I could to this person, it was just like they were angry at me, but then it felt like they were also angry at them. Like the things they were mad at me for felt like I was mad at them for. It was very much what you're saying here of a mirroring of what's going on. Not to take all responsibility off of me. I'm sure I did something in there, but it felt very much like the dynamic that you're sharing right now. So yeah. And so fives a lot of times actually have a better, better time marketing to like strangers Hmm. because strangers don't have the they haven't t- had the time to create their own story about the five. Makes sense. They're more likely to see you for who you are because they haven't had time to create their own story wow. about who you are. Yeah, before we before we run out of time. So sixes, <laughs> sixes are the role models. They really gain wisdom through experience, kind of like the kind of like a three. Like they actually live their first 30 years of their life just like a three. Sixes have a very different, they have a triphasic life, which is what they say. So the first 30 years, they live it like a three. It's trial and error. I am a six, and I used to think I was so broken because I couldn't stick to anything like before. (laughs) And so it was like one thing after another. And now looking backwards, I can see why I needed to do all of those things because I now I utilize all of them in the work that I do. But then at 30, 30 to 50, they go into, they call it their on the roof stage where they just become more observational. They, they really pull back. They don't try as many things. They kind of hone in on their thing and they're really in observation of the world around them. And they do a lot of self-reflection. It's, uh, yeah, it's just like a really kind of just like more inward like time, but it's a great time to start a business for a six. And then at the age of 50, Plus, that's when they step into their role model stage. And so they, by just simply living their life in alignment and living an authentic life, they are become a role model for people to kind of do that as well. And so sixes, they're not meant to do it anyone else's way. So sixes oftentimes feel very lonely. They don't feel like they've ever fit. Like they don't feel like they've ever fit a group of people like because they're they're different, but they can't they can't articulate why they're different. And oftentimes we're taught that if you're different, like different is bad. And so but they're usually trailblazers like they're just they're meant to be different. And if you can embrace the fact that you're different, then that's really, really powerful. Sixes are also. They are always looking for soulmates, okay? Oh. So we talked about fours. Fours are like collectors of people. They they have lots of people around them. Sixes are more about like quality over quantity. They don't need a lot of people in their life, but the people in their life, they need to be evolving with them. They need to be growing with them. So they're, they're, their friendships, their significant other, they need to be looked at. Even their clients are kind of like their soulmates. Like mm-hmm. they go really deep with the people in their life. And so so that's kind of through like the lens of a six. That's amazing. Stacey, you are a wealth of knowledge on all of this. So thank you for sharing just, a, I want to say a little piece, but it also was so much information at the same time in a great way. I hope you guys listening are seeing how deep this really can go. So we we scratched the surface here today. If you want to understand more about yourself, Stacy, is there a place in your world that they can connect with you? What's the best way for somebody who's listening to start to learn more and connect with you more on this? Yeah. So I try to put, you know, information on the different platforms, but really the best way is I'm actually offering free human design, like mini sessions where we'll get on a zoom call for 15 to 20 minutes and talk about your, like the hard thing about talking about human design is it's so individualized. And so Mm -hmm. that would be my recommendation would be book, get a spot on my calendar. We'll kind of jam out about the different things that you need to know. And then, you know, if you're ready to go deeper, we can do that too. Fantastic. And we will link everything below of how you can get in contact with Stacey. Where should they follow you? Is Instagram your main place? 
Yeah, Instagram. I've been doing a lot more on TikTok. I like to create videos, so I've been doing a lot more on TikTok as well. So either place. Oh, awesome. Fantastic. All right, you guys, we will drop, like I said, in the show notes, all the ways that you can connect with Stacy and you can book, which is incredible that you are offering that, those human design mini readings. Great place to get started. And I hope that you guys are walking away from this with just better information and empowerment around how to have better client and really just any relationships in your life by leveraging just some of the things that we went through today around human design. So thank you again, Stacey. I enjoyed this so much and we'll be connecting very soon for more of this. I am sure of it. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. 3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.